talk? I yes. had no idea. Yes. I'm Lady Trista de Genova she's now. She's a lady and I'm a lord. We have adjoining plots. Oh, I'm <laughs> <gonna> get passports. <laughs> Especially since the Scottish Highlands are... Can we get Scottish passports easier? Smiley face. With... <laughs> renowned for their beauty and widely regarded as one of the most romantic locations on the planet, visit www.highlandtitles.com. That's H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-T-I-T-L-E-S dot com for more information on the everlasting gift of Scottish land. You can use the discount code. You could use because you should use. I did. Legal. A-S-L-E-G-A-L-A. Just a Trump facing sanctions and looming indictments is even more pathetic. Legal AF. Uh -huh. Might as touch. Fucking tax write-offs. Meh. Meh. Use Stormy Daniels as a tax write-off. Typical. Typical fucking bullshit. To receive 20% off your order. Highland Titles, a fun sponsor to have on the show. Um, now, there's no way to segue into that, from that, or any sponsor, into another segment in our show. But, you know, it is important. For us to continue to say the name of Tyree Nichols mm. and to talk about his murder at the hands of law enforcement uh. and the role of the federal government, the Department of Justice, who's now taken up the cause. And the difference between state prosecutions, and Karen, you can, of course, comment on this, having been a state um, prosecutor, not a federal prosecutor, in uh, uh, prosecuting individual crime versus policy moves and policy changes that can be affected at the federal level through the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice and Maine Justice. And so we'll talk a little bit about the, the differences for that. Just to update everybody, I did do a hot take on this last week right off of the uh, release of the videos um, and then, of course, the subsequent indictment of the, the five original police officers and now others that also violated their oath of their oath and their duty to protect and to serve and to protect the life liberty and property and they killed as we can see from the from the tape there's not going to be a tremendous amount of defense here although i'm sure somebody will put one up because huh. even somebody like derek chauvin who crushed george floyd to death under his weight put up a defense for a while so i'm sure there'll be an attempt at that by the defense lawyers and that's fine that's the world that we live in i'm all about people being represented in a court of law Kyrie Nichols, an innocent, a pure innocent, moved from Sacramento to Memphis during COVID because, you know, he's sort of between jobs, wanted to get closer to his family, moved in with his mother, which is one of the most, most sad, there's so many sad details, I don't, want to, I don't want to rank them, but one of the sad details is he lost his life and was beaten to death 
And he died three days later, but he was effectively beaten to death in the streets, 100 yards from his mother's house, crying out her name. Oh, my God. Crying out for his mother. What was he doing before that? He was taking photographs of sunsets, uh, of the sunset at a park nearby before heading home. And um, there is a, a couple of things I want to talk about. I, I, first, I want to talk about what's the DOJ going to do about this and how they work parallel. And maybe from your past experience, Karen, you work parallel with federal prosecutors on the same or similar sets of facts. And so we've got the DOJ having made their appearance, along with a progressive Democrat that also runs the Shelby County um, Prosecutor's Office, the, you know, the DA there. And we have a progressive Democrat, a Biden appointee, who is the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Tennessee, Mr. Ritz, who is a Memphis uh, resident, long, long time, born and raised in Memphis, and is taking this very, very seriously. And Ben Crump, who's the very well-renowned civil rights lawyer who's taken up the case on behalf of the family, um, in his uh, press conference, along with the family, uh, pray, in one, of, one part of it, praised how quickly the prosecutors in Memphis and Shelby County have indicted. You know, three weeks after the incident, and, and on the eve of the, or right after the release of the videos, you know, in conjunction with that. And there was a lot of sort of chatter about um, and speculation that the reason that Memphis went so quickly here and would not have, the, the implication is, they would not have gone or moved this quickly into prosecution mode if the officers were white. And, but they did do it with great velocity because they were black. I have a different opinion about that. And I want to talk to Karen about it. Um, but let's leave that for the second half of the segment. Let's start with the role of the Department of Justice, Karen, and the difference between what a federal prosecutor and a, and a DOJ can do versus what a local prosecutor is looking at for the crime that he's he or she is being asked to prosecute. Yeah, so the local prosecutor is looking at criminal charges uh, for the murder of Tyree Nichols. And, and that's uh, a criminal prosecution. He's charged with second degree, they're charged with second degree murder. And in that particular case, it's interesting to me that they brought that so quickly because police officers are afforded the ability to use force and you know there's that that others cannot use and so police involved fatalities usually take a very long time for prosecutors to analyze because every single punch kick beat hey america exclamation point do you know how many deaths occurred at hands of police in denmark last year question mark Fucking zero. Fucking zero. Zilch. Nada. Not a one. Not a one. One. gunshot, whatever it is, every single one has to be analyzed one by one. And was that justified? And justified is another word for self-defense. And and police officers, and the law is different in every state. And, and I'm not familiar with Tennessee law, but I... Even the United Nations condemned 
America. The police brutality against blacks. In America. know that, for example, police officers can use deadly force if they're trying to arrest for a felony in certain states and including New York, or if the person is fighting, fighting them or they're in fear for their safety, police officers can fight back. And normally you, the analysis is you, you analyze all the video, you interview all the witnesses up with the fucking and, and it usually takes longer than three weeks. And sometimes it takes too long. And a lot, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, uh, the investigations into prior police involved fatalities, uh, a lot of them have been criticized for taking too long. However, that's how painstaking it is. I've, I've investigated numerous police involved fatalities and there's no way getting around the amount of time it takes just there just isn't you if you're going to do a thorough investigation because of these complicated justifications slash self-defense laws they moved very 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 quickly here which could be for several reasons it could be um because they uh it's so clear that it's a violation of the law that they don't, there's no fact that they could present that would mean make it justified. And that's one possibility. Another possibility of why they move so quickly is they, that I think, um, I, I think, I actually think it's a few reasons. I don't think there's any one reason. Um, and, and I will answer the, the, what is the DOJ role, um, as well. The, the 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 reasons I do think it, they moved so fast was one was because I do think they're going to take the position that there's not a single fact that could come to light that would make this justified. This was on video, um, but many cases are on video, but whatever. And and so therefore we knew there was gonna be a charge, but I also thought think that they thought that uh, there was gonna be civil unrest and because um, they were gonna release the video. And so they felt they had to do something affirmative to try and quell any rioting in the street. And, and by all accounts, the, um, by all accounts, there weren't that many arrests across the country and it was mostly peaceful. So, and, so I do think, um, I do think those were two of the reasons that they moved so quickly. And, you know, and I want to discuss with you the, the question you raised, um, about whether or not the race of the officers have anything to do with it. But to answer um, the question is, what is the DOJ doing? Well, well the Department of Justice has, um, unlike, uh, unlike a state prosecutor, has both criminal and civil authority. And they have the criminal division where they prosecute criminal cases, but they also have a civil rights division in the Department of Justice, which was created in the 50s under the Civil Rights Act of 1957. And with the civil rights, division of the Department of Justice does is they investigate and bring uh, civil charges whenever there is um, where civil or constitutional rights violated mostly of the most what they call vulnerable members of society. So they enforce statutes prohibiting discrimination on the basis of race, color, sex, uh, etc. Yeah, gender identity, Repressing sexual orientation, um, disabilities, religion, national origin, like that. all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so they, they, they look at, um, 
they look at uh, the case under that lens on, and on when whether Ty Tyree Nichols's civil rights were violated and whether he was discriminated against on the basis of race. And so one of the, I think what that will focus on is um, whether or not he was doing anything wrong and, and whether or not this was racially, you know, they, they'd be a, a person of color and that there's a whole there's a whole history of police departments that you know pull use pull people over and use force against people of color uh, much more than than white people and um, you know it's even they even call it you know what was he guilty of driving while black you know and as, as you put it he what was he doing he was taking pictures of sunsets and going to see his mother you know he and but they're you know they're going to um, but but for whatever reason, you know, they, they pulled, even though they were black, they pulled him over and, you know, they, they beat the living daylights out of him. And, and he, you know, it was vicious. It was horrible. And, you know, it was it was torture, frankly, what they did to him. You know, there's been some chatter that maybe there was personal animus, which, you know, that that someone thinks that that he was dating, that Mr. Nichols was dating uh uh, one of the police officers' wives or girlfriends or something like that, which, you know, and then that's why, you know, they did it. Um, there's also been the police also in the beginning, um, part of what was in the video was Murder. that they were already covering up because knowing that they were being taped, they were already saying things to each other on tape while still on the scene. You know, he was reaching for my gun. He was fighting back. Boy, was he strong. Maybe he was on drugs. And then he, then an hour later, they have to write a report about what happened. The officers go and they write a lengthy report about it. And it completely contradicts what is seen on the video. You know, so they lied about it. And that is obviously consciousness of guilt. And the fact that they lied, I think, will also go into um, the determination uh, or went into the de determination about whether or not to bring charges so quickly as these officers were not forthcoming. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's, it's really trophy. fitting, Popak, that we're having this discussion right now on Wednesday, because as we speak, they are holding his funeral. And so I'm... I am almost 100% certain that the police officers are part of a white supremacist organization. Oh, never mind. They're apparently black. Yeah, I was glad that we are honoring him and talking about him right now while he is being honored and talked about in his funeral. Yeah, Reverend Al Sharpton is uh, giving one of the eulogies today at the funeral. I think it's good. I'll just leave it on the DOJ part. There are things that local prosecutors can do to prosecute the individual crime, but there are broader policy concerns that are only really handled at a federal level, on a national level, by a Department of Justice headed by somebody of integrity like Merrick Garland and a civil rights division and Lisa Monaco and all the people that are involved who are now going to find out if Two main, two new main, two main types of charges that can be raised. One is deprivation of civil rights um, uh, under color of law. You have the color of law because they're wearing badges, and you have the deprivation of civil rights because he's dead, and they killed him. And so that's the claims that were brought against Derek Chauvin. People will recall that he got convicted twice, or he pled guilty to one. Um, once by a jury and once by pleading related to the same act, one on a state set of crimes and one a, and one a set of federal crimes that were brought, including this one that led to his 
being sentenced to the federal crimes. On the other side, there's also a potential, depending upon what they said, and I don't want to trade in magical thinking and speculation about relationships at this moment. Um, a lot of that came out in the trial of George Floyd as well, about maybe Chauvin knew Floyd when they both worked as bouncers at a bar. I don't want to go there at that moment because it's not there's not enough corroborated evidence that's in the public record for us to talk about it. But th just because this was, well, at least five of them were black officers. There were several EMS and sheriff's deputies that were not and are also likely to be prosecuted as well. Um, but, you know, race crimes and hate crimes based on race, national origin, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, or what they thought about any of those things. person doesn't actually have to be gay if the person thought you were gay, and that's the reason that that motivated the animus um, and, and led to your death. That's a hate crime. That is a hate crime. That is a... Um, uh, one that will be now investigated to see if any of this chatter where they're trying to get their story straight um, also indicates that they were targeting him and part of at least an ounce of the reason that they, they beat him senseless. I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the report in the New York Times. They, they pieced together the eye in the sky camera, which is a police camera, um, and all the other cameras and uh, body cams that were involved. And they figured out that they gave him they gave Tyree Nichols 73 instructions and commands, 73 wow. in a really short period of time, most of which were contradictory, most of which he could not comply with because one of the other five officers was doing something to inhibit his ability to comply with that officer's command. You can't put show somebody your hands which was commanded 15 or 20 times when two other officers are simultaneously pinning his hands behind him. If you're already on the ground, right, you, you, you shouldn't be beaten for not complying to be on the ground. What they really meant is they wanted him to lie flat on his stomach, but that wasn't the command because, you know, blood is pumping and rushing and adrenaline is flowing during their attack. You know, this is like mob, mob attack. And so they're not thinking clearly either. And they're giving, you know, misguided and contradictory instructions to poor Tyree Nichols, who can't follow any of them, A, because he's got a heightened uh He's got a heightened uh, heart pumping and, you know, whooshing in his brain. And he's not thinking clearly. And he's already been beaten. So he's, you know, he's not able to make coherent thoughts. I mean, it, it was um, it was painful and um, heart wrenching to watch him obviously knowing that he was that he could die at the hands of these crazed cops. He could see it in their eyes. He could smell it on their breath because only he was caught in that web, right? He's the fly caught in the web of the scorpion group. And when he breaks free for a moment, running for his life, because he realizes he's in the clutches of some crazed, maniacal, you know, br brutal uh, cops, and they catch him and pay him back and beat his ass as one of the, uh, or stomp his ass as one of the cops said under his breath. I mean, it's just... And, you know, for those, I think you gave a very coherent and cogent reason as to why they, they prosecuted so quickly, having picked through the facts and picked through the law and realized that the best thing to do for the community, for the country as a whole, was to bring the charges quickly. I do not think, to answer a question that was asked in, in, my, in my hot take, that it was because they were black. I think See, it's because, I have a, I have a, I have well, a slightly let me, different let me view. finish my thought, and then you can, you can, give, me your, you can give me your thoughts. Memphis stands on the shoulders of other communities. 
Unfortunately, this is not the first Tyree Nichols. There is a whole say, say their name movement that is based on others like Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Alton Sterling, Falado, Falito Castile, Breonna Taylor, Stephen Clark, um, and the rest, George Floyd. I would I throw uh I throw Armand Aubrey into that. And you know, give credit to Memphis led by two progressive democratic elected prosecutors and appointed by Biden prosecutors who understand the national ramifications of what has happened and have and stand on the shoulders of having watched other cities not do this properly. I don't think it was colored by the color of the skin of the people that were the police that beat him. That's my opinion. It sounds like you have a different opinion. Look, I don't think that, as I said, it was done for any one reason, or I think it was for multiple reasons. That being said, there's a, there's a long tradition and a long history of people of color getting beaten by police. And that's because policing, unfortunately, is has been the training of, of policing is very much one of using force and and policing by uh, by force. And policing has to change. Policing has to become more of a community policing model. And some places are moving towards that. And I, I think that's excellent. But the culture of policing still remains the same. And the culture of policing is very much, you know, it, unfortunately, it's violence and it's it's fear and it's violence against people of color. And as a result, law enforcement, they have a script and it's something that they use whenever somebody dies at the hands of law enforcement, which is let's not rush for judgment. Let's see. Let's wait for until all the facts come in. Let's wait until there's an investigation. And then sometimes charges are brought. But no one said that here. No one even said that really here in the beginning. If anything, it was the opposite. It's fire them right away and bring charges. And I would just, I hope you're right, but I would like to see, you know, when, when I saw that, I was so do. surprised fire because that, that really is lightning speed. I've, ne I've never seen something like this before. And then when they put up the pictures of the five officers and they were all black, my first reaction was, of course they did. I'd like to see them do it when it's white police officers. And and the reason I say that is because the police department, I agree with you that the police chief and the DA, they're all very progressive, but the people on the ground who have the evidence, who will give testimony, who have the body cam video, et cetera, et cetera, those are other police officers and other prosecutors. And nobody circled the, the wagons around these five, nobody, they were just, sold out by everybody. There was no kind of blue, you know, pr let's protect our fellow officers and, and, and convince the DA's office to just, um, you know, take your time and, and let's wait to see all the facts. So I don't think it was the only reason for sure. And I don't, I do think it was all of the things we just discussed, but I would like to see uh, police departments to act this way, not rush to judgment, certainly, but when it's as clear cut as this, uh, I do think it's important to act swiftly. And so I, I applaud them for doing it. I don't think everything is race. I, I don't think you should say everything is about race or racially motivated. I do have to say, though, in this particular case, the speed with which they uh, moved and the fact that they didn't circle the wagons, it just made a lot of people, myself included, raise an eyebrow, applaud them, and also hope that this is what you're saying and will be the, 
you know, more to come. I don't think all police officers should, should be prosecuted. And, and I don't think, in fact, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement and police officers. But when you see beatings like this that are so outrageous and so clearly murder, frankly, I'm, I'm very glad they moved quickly on this one and on this case. And I hope that's what they do in other cases if there are other cases like this. Well, Benjamin Crump, I think, said it the best when he was at his podium. It is so refreshing that the police department in Memphis fired the officers involved, exclamation point. Usually they put them so refreshing and a relief that the Memphis police department put the officers involved immediately. Fired. 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 Usually, the officers are put on administrative leave. The officers are put on administrative leave. He said, this is the new template. This is the new standard by which all other communities will be judged. In applauding Memphis moving so quickly, um, that it is the new paradigm that has to now be followed, especially when you have multi-camera video evidence that's unassailable. There's no context that needs to be placed in, um, which shows, as you said, um, the the heinous crime and really without a defense or without an immunity privilege defense but but we will see i i uh, i applaud ben i follow his his practice and his career he's always on the right side of the angels he's always doing what's appropriate for families like this one i would i would hope we'd never have to have a podcast or a segment about people like Tyree Nichols that lose their life at the hands of police brutality. But I know uh, I don't trade in magical thinking. And I know I'm going to talk about, <laughs> unfortunately, sadly, more people like Tyree Nichols over the course of my podcast career. And it's just, um, and the Republicans do nothing about it. Just to leave it on a political note, since we talk about the <laughs> intersection of law and politics, the Republicans love crime. They love to pin crime on to progressive Democrats and, and on and cities in America, urban cities in America that are, are pre predominantly on the East Coast and West Coast the and in the middle of America that are yeah. democratically run, the democratic, democratic elected officials. They don't want to stop bad Maga cops because they like crime as a political talking point in their campaign. Because if they didn't do that, if that wasn't important to them, just the way that guns are important to them and gun ownership is important to them at the ballot box, they would be in favor, as we all should be, of sensible gun control in this country. And they would be in favor and, and be out there in a bipartisan way with all these crazy committees that McCarthy has had to create as he was politically castrated by, you know, uh, Gates and others to get elected. 
one of the committees would be police brutality in America and how to use federal resources and the federal hooks that the federal government has because every police department loves federal funds. They use it for all sorts of things. The SWAT team, the, the shiny truck outside, training, sometimes overtime. There's ways to get local law enforcement to pay attention to new policies set at the federal level. But we don't have the political will to do that. And look, we were in charge of the House for a long time. And I read a list of people in uh, uh, that um, that that equally lost their life as uh, to the, at the hands of police brutality. And the Democrats, didn't, frankly, didn't do anything about it either. So I'm not here to throw the you know, Republicans completely under the bus. I want states' people to step forward for America and do the right thing from a policy standpoint, regardless of political favor or what will happen to them at the ballot box. And, you know, I'm, I grew up with those kind of elected officials, Republican and Democrat, who worked together on really hard things whether you, whether it was the great society or it was the reformation of, of welfare or social the social uh, uh, the social net for people or you know different things we don't have that anymore all we had is no you didn't yes you did and that just goes on for a whole two-year term uh, and you know and Biden should be given as he should be as he has been a lot of credit for having probably one of the, other than Lyndon Johnson in the last hundred years probably having the greatest term of domestic policy and legislation passed in his first two years like almost ever you have to go back to Johnson and the great society um and uh but that's it it has to come from political national leaders at at the federal level to address yeah. this problem because the local community is incapable because of the very nature that they're in that fishbowl. They don't have the resources. It can't be a patchwork of Memphis today and Detroit tomorrow and Chicago next week and Louisville and some town we haven't even thought of yet Louisville. coming forward because oh now we're going to be talking about Burbank, California, or or uh, or you know one of the Bakersfield or wherever wherever it is. Um, I don't want to talk about yeah, these places yeah. for those reasons. Kansas okay? City. You know, I want to do like CBS Sunday morning. I want to talk about it for really nice reasons and really good reasons. But I know that's not going to be the case. And so that has to be at the Department of Justice federal level led by a president of the United States, like somebody like Joe Biden. Otherwise, it's never, never going to get done. And I hope it's so easy. It's so easy for us to have a podcast and make comments and then move on. Press conferences are really important. The family being able to to say what they said, it's heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, hopefully moves the national conversation ahead. But it can't just move on in the news cycle and we, always, and we forget about it until the next Tyree Nichols. That's my fear. Well, I hope that what comes of this, to your point, is legislation. And the legislation that really needs to be passed, and, and I think they're getting closer and closer to passing it, has to do with the qualified immunity that police departments and poli individual police officers are afforded. So very thoughtful and thought-provoking and informative show. Thank you, Karen and Michael, exclamation points. Michael, exclamation points. Essentially, what it means is uh, you can't really po prosecute a police officer, an I'm sorry, not po prosecute. You, you can't bring civil as, a, as an individual. The family has a hard time bringing civil 
charges against the police department and the police officer because of qualified immunity. Now here, I think they will be able to, because I think what they did is so egregious, it will fall within uh, the, the exception. Um, but, the, but most people cannot, uh, cannot sue. And, and as a result, um, there's no incentive for the police departments to retrain and police their own police officers. And I think the only thing that will cause this uh, nationwide, every police department to require their police officers to stop policing this way will be if it hits their bottom line and if they can get sued individually and as you know as a as a person as in their job <laughs> and as the department and so I think that uh, it's been it's been an issue that's been bubbling around for a long time <laughs> and I think hopefully this will be the impetus to finally get that legislation passed because that to me is the thing that will require or will finally nudge or force police departments to retrain and stop this from happening anymore. I am offering you a chance to atone for what you have done. What exactly? Right. We've reached the end of another midweek edition of Legal AF with Michael Popak and his co-anchor, Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Um, we do this every Wednesday. I do it again on the weekend with Friedman Ben Mysalis of the Midas Touch. Karen Friedman, and the ways to support us, it's easy. Support our sponsors. That's important. Um, you're going to watch check. this if you're watching. But you can listen to it, too, on podcasts of Lady all the platforms that you get your podcasts from, like Spotify and Apple and Google and all of that. And that helps us because that helps with the algorithms. Doing both helps. Watch it. Go on and follow and subscribe. It's all free. YouTube free and podcast free. But it helps us. And it's a way for you to kind of quietly, silently, and effortlessly support the show. If you if you think the show is really great, leave us a five-star review. If you don't think the show is really great, we listen to those comments too. We're always looking to improve the quality of our show and the delivery of what we're providing here. You can go on the merchandise store for... Midas Touch uh, merch, and we'll, our producer will put the link up for that. And there's some really cool Legal AF logo things for people that are watching. I'm pointing to the logo right here. We got it on coffee mugs and long sleeve T-shirts and regular T-shirts as well. And, um, you know, these are the ways that you can help. We read the chats. We're in the chats so that um, people know that we can answer, we can see you, we can hear you in that way. And, and, it, and we take it to heart. I may not agree with everything that's in the chat. I've been known to push back a few times if I don't agree with something. But we do find it valuable to get a collective um, uh, feedback from our audience because it helps us bring you each week stories that are important at the intersection of law and politics. It may not be exactly the story. There's always people like, oh, jumping up and down. I wish you had covered this story or that story. But, you know, we got to curate the show in a way that that we think makes sense to our audience and that and that we can bring our best uh, research and opinions to on this show. So we look forward to seeing you and hearing you and reading you on the Legal AF podcast. Uh, Karen, last word. Lord Popak, it's Lord great to spend Wednesday Bobby. with you as always. Good you too. It's, it's the highlight of my week for sure. And uh, shout out to the Midas. Oh, to buy me.
Oh, want to buy me a night?